Well, hi there, everybody. Sorry to interrupt your other podcasts that you're listening to, but a little uh, fun announcement to make here. Casey, in summertime, we'd like to get up to some antics. And those antics would involve getting a bunch of nerds together and doing what nerds do best, yelling at each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So we are going to do Nerd Debate live this year. <gasps> Nerd Debate 5 live. There we in go. Person. Boom. That yes. is the subtitle. We just came up with it. We will be doing this at the amazing Bullfinch Brew Pub here in Syracuse, New York. So find all the information that you need at our social media or at nightshiftradio.com. We've drank Bullfinch's beer before. Dave, the brewmaster at Bullfinch, makes amazing beers. Check out the amazing stuff that's happening in Bullfinch. You can go to bullfinchbrewpub.com. Come join us on Saturday, July the 29th at 7.30 and be sure to be ready to listen to a bunch of nerds <laughs> argue with each other. <laughs> Alright, we're going to leave your podcast now. Goodbye. <laughs> You're listening to the Never Heard of It podcast. A Night Shift Radio original. Every week we bring you the good, the bad, the weird, and lesser known streaming movies. Hit subscribe for new episodes every Thursday and Sunday. And biggin'. And biggin'. Yes. <laughs> so, hi, welcome to part two, uh, where we're going to talk about Miss Marvel. We we kind of, uh, this is great. This is This shows how wonderful Caleb and I are at multitasking, because while we were recording our Thor uh, review, we were messaging each other being like, hey, maybe we should split this into two instead of <laughs> reviewing both in one. And, you know, ah, this probably makes more sense. That way people can watch one or the other. We totally figured that out while we were recording Thor. Because we're fucking smart. Because we are. So if you we're have, good at this shit. If you want to hear about our review and our thoughts on Thor 4, Thor Love and Thunder, uh, go ahead and uh, hit that subscribe button. Check over on YouTube. For those of you listening on your podcast player of choice, the episode's right there. You can listen to it. It is a spoiler-filled review, as today's review will also be a spoiler-filled review of the entirety of the Miss Marvel series. So hello and welcome. Hello. And I got to say, just right off the bat, I... I knew that I was going to love a Ms. Marvel show. I knew that because I love that character. And um, honestly, with the exception of, I'm never going to let this go, with the exception of uh, Multiverse of Madness, Marvel really has not let me down yet, period. Mm -hmm. it's, mm -hmm. well, since since the inception of the, the MCU. I mean, you, you can make cases for older stuff, but we don't talk about that. Right. Uh, but I didn't know how much I was going to like it. And specifically, because I, I knew going into to Hawkeye, like that that was one of my favorite characters of, of recent uh, years. And I was just so, so excited for that. I'm like, this is going to be so great. Haley Steinfeld is Hawkeye. It's going to be so cool. And it was. And then along comes Ms. Marvel. And holy shit, is this not only like one of the best shows that Marvel has done yet, um, but also just one of the most wholesome bits of television I've seen in a long time. Uh, and it had me cheering and crying and laughing and out of my seat so many times. I, yeah, I, you know, uh, so there was a lot of discourse at the beginning of the Miss Marvel series because they, uh, changed her powers. So in the mm -hmm. comic books, but this is where it gets a little difficult, right? And I kind of understand why they did what they did. 
However, we'll talk about where maybe that might not be the case. Um, but so we're talking just in contained in what we know so far in the comic books. Uh, um, you know, Kamala Khan is or Kamala Khan is an inhuman. Right. And we know that in the world of the MCU right now, inhumans don't exist, but kind of do. But yeah. Well, and for, for <laughs> people who may not be. And then they did. And then they don't. <laughs> For people who may not be familiar, and I, I might get some of this wrong because it's been a while and I really wasn't following at the time, but essentially there was the, the whole hullabaloo, uh, largely between, I think, Fox and Marvel because of like the X-Men franchise and whatnot about the term mutant. And that spilled over into the comics, which was really unfortunate because mutants were such a huge part of the comics. And I mean, X-Men, like everyone fucking knows the X-Men. Uh, I mean, the, yeah, like, the Children of the Atom. That was what started. I would arguably say the best Marvel comics is is X Men, Spider Man. Yeah. yeah, and like a lot of what Marvel has done over the years has been based off of characters being mutants or like having some association with them, whether they be pro, anti, etc. And so, like, well, we can't we can't give up our you know our. our are superheroes. We can't like not have new heroes, but we can't really use these existing ones. There's like, there's weird things going on, legal battles and whatnot. So Marvel says, I know Mr. Marvel. I don't know who, who actually made the decisions. <laughs> Some George Marvel uh, George, sat down at his George desk Marvel. one day. And he said, you know what? Make them inhuman. They like mutants, but they're not. It's, it's a mist. There's a mist that touches them and it turns them into inhumans and they're not mutants. So we can, we can do whatever we want with them. And Oh, the mist also kills the mutants and that's how we get rid of them. Uh, and it was, it's a fucking mess. I actually like, honestly, I didn't care for it. I thought like Marvel really just fucking like just diarrhea all over the pages for several years with that nonsense. And I'm glad that it's, that it's over and I'm glad that they're not doing that in the MCU, but Kamala Khan was an inhuman in the comics, and they had to do something about that for the MCU. And I loved that when they introduce her in this show and, like, introduce her having powers, they make it more of a mystical, maybe it's magic, maybe it's alien tech, we don't know, and, like, kind of tease it out. the end. Uh, tease it out until the very end. Yeah. Well, so this is the thing. So uh, in, you know, we talked a little bit about this uh, in our last episode, but in the TV world, before everything really culminated, uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. introduced Inhumans, right? So Mm -hmm. we have uh, we have Daisy Johnson uh, played by Chloe Bennett, which rumor is she's coming back, by the way, to play Daisy Johnson in Quake um uh in in this so that's going to be really exciting so supposedly she is coming back um but so we had the agents of shield they introduced the terrigen mist and terrigen crystal which created the inhumans they did the whole black bull like i mean they did the whole inhuman storyline and Mm -hmm. then they did uh marvel uh, and fox basically made an inhuman show and it was terrible and nobody watched it and it literally was laughed out of existence uh, during that time. So, so we had Inhumans in the MCU for a minute, but then Doctor Strange technically uh, brought them back when we meet the Illuminati and we learned that Black Bolt 
who was the inhuman king or whatever they referred to him as. He's, yeah. he's they used the term inhuman mm-hmm. uh, for him. So that says that in one of these universes, the inhumans exist. And, and that is the it, benefit of them leaning into a multiverse story is that gives them the chance that if they decide later on that they want to play more with those characters, they can because, oh, they're from, they're from universe like 713. Eight. Yeah, right. Like they can just say it's whatever. Universe now, 8. <laughs> and now enters Miss Marvel. So again, in the comics, Miss Marvel uh, is she is a huge Captain uh, Marvel fan, um, mm-hmm. and she comes in contact with uh, a Terrigen Mist and gets her powers. Now in the comics, her powers are she can embiggen. She can basically uh, very similar to Reed Richards. She can expand her body um, and do that. But uh, unlike Reed Richards, the bigger she gets, it does expand her strength. So she can mm. like pick up a whole tank. Whereas I don't think Reed Richards did it that way, but I, I don't exactly know. I imagine some writer probably took some liberties and, and made him super strong too, but I don't think Reed Richards is supposed to be like canonically super strong. Yeah. Uh, but so, uh, you know, obviously enter the Miss, Miss Marvel show and, you know, in the beginning, same thing. She's a huge Captain Marvel fan. And what it is is she actually, uh, ends up getting a bracelet that she inherits from her family that gives her these sort of crystal powers. So she can call it hard light. Yeah. Call it hard light. (laughs) Destiny reference for you guys listening. Um, But uh, yeah, so she can basically throw out these light, these hard light crystals that she can jump on. She can use them as shields. And in the end of the series, we do actually see her embiggen by basically increasing her mass with the crystals uh, and making it making her really big with them. Well, and one of the most iconic images of her from the comics is like stretching her hand into a giant fist and using it to to punch bad guys like fucking uh, Battletoad style. Yeah. And the very first time she does that in this show, when I tell you I jumped out of my chair and yelled, uh, I am not shitting you. I was like, she did it. <laughs> she did the thing. Yeah. You know, so here's the thing. Miss Marvel hit a couple of different ways for me. One it hit as, you know, and I saw a lot of people criticizing Miss Marvel where they were like, it felt like a Disney show. And I was like, well, I mean, technically it is a Disney show. It's, I but mean, I know what you yes. mean. Like, yes, I know what you mean, but technically it is. And yeah, I saw somebody say it's Lizzie McGuire with powers. And I was like, yeah, but like, is that bad though? Lizzie McGuire was a hugely popular show. Like, it it fits the persona of this super fan of of Miss Marvel. It fits her character. I think it worked as a theme. Well, that's so. Here's the thing: like, she's a high school student. Right. She's a total Captain Marvel fangirl. She has this very very close knit wholesome family, very close ties God, with their friends, with their extended family, with her community. And like what what you have to remember about this show is that it really is is much about those ties of family and community and friendship uh, and just this this overarching theme of love for one another uh, as much, if not more so than it is about a girl with superpowers. And then you, you take the account that like, yes, she is a young kid who just figured out like, Oh, I've got powers. What do I do now? Uh, and without that support church, I mean, we, we know that story. That's Peter Parker. 
Peter yeah. Parker's a high school student with no fucking support structure that suddenly finds himself a superhero and life's a mess for him. Uh, you know, and of course, in the, the uh, Tom Holland uh, Spider-Man movies, he's got a couple of close friends who knew, uh, but, you know, he's, he's lost that recently. Uh, yeah. So he is well and truly on his own. Kamala Khan is the exact opposite. Kamala Khan has her entire support network in place because of the, the love and the trust that she has with these people. Uh, and we even see, like, when they find out, there's a little bit of, like, how— why wouldn't you tell me? Because we tell each other everything. And like, yeah, and you see that like, it really, it's not like a, like you betrayed me. It's like, but like, seriously, like how, how did you think that I would not be there for you? And like, yeah. everyone is like that. Her mom, her dad, her brother, her sister-in-law, her friends, like everyone is like that. And it's just, that's why I say this is one of the most wholesome shows. And like the number of times I teared up just at like how great her family is. I loved it. And when we see like the interactions, like with, with her, uh, her mosque, the 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 sheikh and the other people at the the mosque, the way that they they bend together to protect each other, and we get a lot of the, this you know this post nine eleven uh, anti uh, anti Muslim anti uh, Arab uh, racism that is still rampant here. Yeah. Uh, we see that with you know the government agencies trying to raid the mosque, and the people are like, please no. take your shoes off. Yeah, here, <laughs> have some cookies. Have oh, some we, cookies. We all have our ID ready. Here it is. And like. You know, let us know when you have like this exact, you know, correct type of warrant. You come back and like they, they, they're not like, it's not like you. Know, we're gonna fight you. It's just like we know you can't we do know this. The drill. Yeah. So like, you know, come back when you do it right. Yeah, you know, I think this is really interesting because a lot of the times when we have kids superheroes or you know even. It, it, even as, as up as like in the early 20s where everyone's like, I ha everything has to be protected. Like no one can know. You know, and Miss mm -hmm. Marvel starts off that way. You know, obviously she tells her best friend Bruno, um, you know, her friend Nakia finds out, you know, but in the end, everybody knows who she is. Like her mom mm -hmm. knows who she is. Her dad <laughs> knows who she is. We learned that like her whole family has a history of, which I thought they were going to go a different way. I thought they were going to go the Eternals way, ah. uh, but they ended up going the Jin way, which was really weird. Um, but uh, I, I, I'm with it. But uh, I thought they were going to be like, oh, well, we're Eternals. And I was going to be like, oh, that makes perfect sense then, but they didn't. I was like, ah, kind of missed opportunity, but I'm glad they didn't. But okay, so uh, in our in our part one of this, when we talked about Thor, we were talking about the larger uh, you know the the story being told told in Phase Four, and like, does it feel cohesive or not? And I said that like, if you zoom out really really high, you're going to see it start to come together. But right now, the only real clues that we have are in these smaller stories being told in uh, the TV shows. Uh, and the reason I say, like, here we have, like, Kamala Khan's uh, grandmother or great-grandmother, uh, yeah. we learn, is of, uh, of another universe. So there's yeah. multiverse. Okay. We have, a, we have another connection to the multiverse story here. Yep. Uh, they're Jin, which, you know, to the people of Earth-616... Uh, are we, we are, we're technically Earth 616, although yeah. very fun fact, uh, uh, the girl who plays Miss Marvel actually argues that fact with Kevin Feige and says we can't be 616, and I think that's hilarious because that's, she's I like, mean, no, because. We can't be because there are no superheroes here. 
Yeah, so, well, she means the, the universe. In, yeah, the the world that she's in. She actually argues that Miss Marvel is not six one six. Okay, that's yeah. See, that's that's also very interesting. Yeah. Uh but like, okay, so like the the people uh, will will assume that it's six one six until we're told otherwise. Uh to them, the Jin are at best uh, spiritual entities. At worst, they're like demonic. They're they're aggressively evil. So we have okay, like that's getting us a little bit more into. Gods and demons territory. Oh, well, we know that gods exist uh, because we just spent a whole uh, movie with with Thor talking about them, yeah. uh, as well as other times that, that we mentioned in, in part one of this. Uh, and so, like, we start to see, like, there are these cosmic connections. There are other universes. There are other beings. There are beings with other powers that aren't necessarily uh, superheroes. Uh, and like there, there's these little threads that are being kind of woven together that I think are taking us in the, in the right direction. Uh, and it's stuff like that. It's it's her not being, uh, her her lineage not being from this universe. Yeah, that I think is a big part of what what ties that in. I, so you know, the in the very last episode, uh, we 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 kind of been getting the hint of this throughout the whole series, um, but you know, it, it, it's it's been mentioned before several times about everybody. But basically, they were like, "Yeah, it's the bracelet, but it's not just the bracelet. Like, it's not just the bracelet." And we kind of get hints, and then in the very last episode. Bruno, uh, her best friend, her science, her, her guy in the van, right. If we're going to quote, yes. uh, uh, Spider-Man, <laughs> her guy in the van is basically like, Hey, like I've been kind of looking at your blood samples, like since all of this happened. And he's like, it, you're like, your genetics aren't the same. Like they are not like regular people's like, there's just something else there. So my question is, is it the inhuman gene or is it the mutant gene? Well, I, I think it's the mutant gene. I mean, he like I think this was a very careful choice of words. He says there's something different about your genetics. It's like a mutation. Yes, he that it was that word that I was like, okay, like that's it. We introduced the children that, of the Adam. Like we just introduced X Men. Like that X Men are back, baby. Right. That's where we're at. Right. Like fucking hell. I mean, like and, and like Multiverse of Madness for all of its flaws, all of its many flaws, proved to us definitively that the X Men exist the in X-Men the MCU. Exists. Yeah. Uh, because they gave us Charles Xavier, and yeah. we know that other people who have acquired powers through through various ways also exist. So like. They're they're setting up for all these people to be able to exist in in the same world, and they've left themselves open to the possibility that they can bring back the Inhumans. I don't think they will. I think I, Marvel yeah, I really recognizes don't. that the the Inhumans is not their their shining moment uh, in the comics or on screen, and I don't think that they'll bring them back. If they do it right, I'd be fine with being wrong with that. I just don't think they I just will. I don't think they can. I think they're lean, they're going to lean into like. Kamala is, other than Professor X, Kamala is the first true mutant that we meet. And that sets us up for, like, okay, like, who else is out there? And right. if, like, if, if there, are, there are mutants, then there's going to be X-Men, which gives us the, the potential for uh, any of the offshoots of X-Men. So Excalibur, X-Force, X-Factor, et cetera, the, yep. the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. We can have, you know, maybe, like, a, a, like a real, like, actual Magneto storyline and not just, yeah. you know, like a really good British actor just pontificating for a while while floating. 
Yeah. You know, <laughs> uh, this also begs the question, too, because uh, we know that in the Deadpool movies, uh, that they imply that Wade Wilson, that mutants exist, right? Yep. Because Wade Wilson, well, they basically, they're forcing the activation of his mutant gene, of the gene X. Yeah, I mean, Wade Wilson is is a mutant. Uh, Colossus uh, is yep. canonically well, a mutant I mean, in, the, the, in the comics. Yeah. And we have, yeah, um, who is the, uh, the, the, the teenage... Uh, fucking atom uh, bomber. Negasonic teenage warhead. <laughs> Negasonic teenage warhead. <laughs> what uh, the shit? <laughs> Coolest <laughs> name ever. Uh, but we know that Deadpool three is happening, and it will take place in the greater Marvel universe. So we know that yes. that's a fact as well. So we know that unless they retcon that mutants exist in that world because Colossus is a main part of the Deadpool world now from Deadpool mm-hmm. 1 and Deadpool 2. So, Which is great. I love that of all the characters they could have chosen, <laughs> they chose it Colossus. was fucking Peter. Yeah. <laughs> Which I'm really excited about for Deadpool 3 because it's Sean Levy that is doing it. And I'm really excited. So if if you're unfamiliar, Sean Levy uh, directed uh, Ryan Reynolds in um, The Atom Project, and he also directed Ryan Reynolds in Free Guy. But more recently and more notably, Sean Levy uh, was is and has been one of the directors of Stranger Things. And oh, more specifically, right. Sean Levy directed the Dear Billy episode, which is arguably oh. one of the best of this past season. Oh, my God. So, yeah. I, Sean Levy, man, I am re- I am all in. Anytime Sean Levy's attached to something, I'm like, let's go. Like to me, that's the equivalent of like Taika Waititi. If someone's like, oh, he's directing, it'd be like, I'm in, I'm in, sight unseen. <laughs> like I don't even need to see a trailer. I will go see that day one. So, and that's presumably like if all goes uh, according to schedule, that's next year. Although it's not technically part of uh, MCU Phase Four, uh, so it's going to be like presumably. So, do you think with with like Marvel and Sony and Fox, well, you know, Marvel owning Fox now, and like Sony consistently failing, do you think we'll start to see more like one offs that are adjacent to, but not necessarily part of the MCU? Um, I think we'll see it in the sense of how we've seen the movies so far of Phase Four, where like they'll be there and maybe in passing be like, Oh yeah. Like when the Avengers did blah and then Mm -hmm. carry on their business. And maybe it's, we don't necessarily like, and now I'm going to go to Tony Stark's grave. You know, like, I don't think it'll be like that, but I do think they'll be like, Oh yeah. Well down the road, Spider-Man's over there. Um, I actually saw a really funny thing online where someone was like the way they should introduce, uh, mutants into, uh, the war in the MCU is have Deadpool like drag, the X-Men from like the Fox folder to like a, an MCU folder, like a Disney folder and like copy paste and they'd be like mutants. <laughs> I think that would be hilarious. <laughs> oh my God. Even if that isn't like how the MCU canonically did it, if Deadpool did that anyway, they could yeah. get away with it. Like they could just the, get away with it. Deadpool could absolutely get away with that and it'd be fucking yeah. hilarious. Cause you know, he's going to make jokes of like, which unit, what number universe am I in again? Like it's, it's going to be great. <laughs> So anyways, we're going to go back to Miss Marvel. I, I want to very specifically talk about the very, the, the post credit scene of the season finale, because I think mm. that is probably the most, uh, you know, we saw us, we saw for six episodes, the story building arc of Miss Marvel of, you know, basically building the hero, right. You know, just mm-hmm, like we saw mm-hmm. with Kate Bishop, just like we saw when Falcon became ca- uh, Captain America, mm-hmm. just like we saw with Loki, like this is the character building moment to a, a, a pinnacle that will 
pay off in the films. So throughout the series, we learn that her bracelet is of mystical origin, right? It is it is emanating power, giving her power, and it's kind of doing things on its own at one point. At one point, uh, somebody goes to stab it and it kind of activates on its own. You know, many moments it kind of glows on its own, you know, when when she goes back in time and ends up saving her own grandma. Mm-hmm. Uh, it kind Which of activates great. on its own. Um, so we know that, that it, has its its sort of mystical origin so in the very end of the series in a post-credit scene you know miss marvel is there she's she's getting dressed and getting ready to go and her bracelet activates all on its own and she's like what is happening and it's glowing and fluctuating and then she gets thrown uh you know seemingly through her closet door well it almost looks like she gets like like whipped through like a like a dimensional portal or something like she like seems to right. kind of like I I don't I don't want to make this reference but it's the, the first one that comes to mind the visual effect used for apparating in the Harry Potter movies how they kind of like almost implode and disappear yeah. uh, and so like she kind of like swirls and like whips backwards through through the closet but uh, like it implies that she's gone now and like that makes me wonder like what the fuck happened well I mean that's the thing so that happens. And out from the closet walks none other than Brie Larson as Captain Marvel, which that was my big stand up jump up moment where I was like, what? Whoa, we did the thing. You did the thing. Because I predicted that we were not going to see Captain Marvel in the series. I thought we were going to get in one of two ways. Either it was going to be like a text message a phone call or like we just see her from like the chest down, like, you know, float into screen, but it's not yeah. actually Brie Larson. Uh, I made the reference on Twitter of like how we got Superman and Shazam where it yep. wasn't really, that's what I <laughs> thought was going to happen. And then when Brie Larson actually stood up out of the closet and spoke, I was like, yo, like it is happening right now. Um, like that was so great too because I mean like she the first thing she sees is she's trying to figure out where the fuck she is uh, right. is that this room is covered with like posters and drawings and memorabilia of her yeah. and like the, like Captain Marvel is not one that's gonna be like that I should say she's not one who's not going to be taken aback by someone hero worshiping her like that's yeah. gonna totally throw her and she's like what the fuck no no yeah, she was like, oh, something's no, no, wrong no. so <laughs> I think the implication is is that they swapped places right that's that, that's what it looked like yeah, yeah. Miss Marvel goes to wherever Captain Marvel was and Captain Marvel is now back on earth uh, in this world where we know it's, it's a world that she exists in because, you know, she, mm-hmm. it, she's there. Literally it's a poster of Brie Larson on the wall. Which I like, love oh, that. No, like, no, no, no. We're at the point in, in universe in the MCU. We're at the point where like superheroes are being like basically marketed. And I yeah. love it. Like, yeah. I love that. Not because I actually love it, but because it feels so realistic. Like I, if we know, had real superheroes in our timeline, there would be merchandise. I, you know, when we, we got introduced to that actually during, um, end game, uh, mm-hmm. or no, during infinity war, when, uh, uh, Tony Stark meets Dr. Strange and he's like, 
He's like, oh, well, uh, a hunk of Hulk of burning fudge is our favorite ice cream. He's like, like, isn't there a Tony Stark? He's like, yeah, but it's Hulk. The Hulk ice cream is better. And I just think that's great. Uh, Yes. (laughs) Because that is exactly like Ben and Jerry's would absolutely make a flavor uh, about Uh the Avengers, um, as they should. Uh, Earth's Mightiest Heroes. So, so. Earth's Mightiest Flavors. <laughs> so we know that now Miss Marvel is now part of the large universe. We know that the next time, in fact, at the very, you know, after that scene, it says Miss Marvel will return in the Marvels. So we know that she is going to be in the film world. And we now have a general idea of the plot. And the plot is that Captain Marvel and Miss Marvel have swapped uh, cosmic places, uh, whatever that means wherever you know if that means she was in another i mean she probably wasn't in another dimension but she was definitely on another planet so now we know that miss marvel is somewhere else and captain marvel is now stuck in jersey city which i'll be honest not a good place to be no uh, not a fan fan. now uh Uh, according to coed and cambria the devil is in jersey city the devil is in jersey city yeah according to uh, an x-files episode as well uh it's actually that's probably where it came from uh if they're referring to the Jersey Devil, I was terrified of the Jersey Devil as a kid because I read about it in a book. Yeah, see, I wasn't because my first instance of the Jersey Devil was the X-Files episode where it was actually more of like a Sasquatch and less of a devil. Yeah. And I was like, well, this yeah. isn't scary at all. It's just some hairy person. <laughs> that was the Jersey uh, Devil. Oh, yeah, season one, show. episode four, X-Files. Oh, that's, I think that's actually the next one up. Uh, I, I started rewatching the show a while so back. So did I. But it was like, yeah, one episode at a time late at night. So it's been a yep. while. Uh, yeah. But I think that one is, is next up. Uh, but yeah, it's, I mean, so we think we know that uh, Kamala and uh, Carol have switched places. Obviously, like Carol has control of powers that will help her get back to wherever she was. Sure. But Kamala is on her own, presumably. But we also know that Monica Rambeau comes back, which is dope. Yes. Um, Yeah, which we learned in WandaVision that uh, Monica Rambeau... And that was another instance where they basically introduced the potential of an X gene, um, Mm -hmm. where they basically were like... uh, They say to to Monica, Monica, Maria, Monica. uh, They say to her specifically, like you know, this didn't give you powers. It basically turned on something you already had. Like they say, like we looked at your DNA, like this turned on something that already existed. It activated a dormant gene in your body. Um, And that's what it's been doing. And this is where we get the Wanda, you know, House of M style creating mutants. Yeah, which I am hoping, so given that we we know that X-Men now can exist in this universe and given how well Marvel has done with introducing young actors and like creating, you know, basically you know, creating characters, like recreating characters from the ground up because they're existing characters, but sure. for, for television and film, recreating these characters, ground up, giving them a new story, giving them new powers when necessary and fitting them into this cohesive whole. I want to see just... Scrap everything you think you know about the the existing X-Men film universe for for whatever you think of those movies. Just fucking forget them. Start over with young Gene, Scott, Hank. Right. uh, Uh, Iceman, Bobby. Yeah. And like Angel. um, Angel. Yep. Yep. Like just give us, give it, you know, those original five. uh, X-Men Blue. Yep. Yeah. And like build from there. 
mm-hmm. and like give us a chance where we can see like okay like once you've established that team okay give us a reason why Xavier continues the search and we meet Logan and Storm and like all these other characters from the 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 secondary squad that comes later on who you know the in the 90s becomes the X-Men Gold and yeah. like there's so much potential there to like to dip into these stories but like Give us these characters fresh. Don't don't try to drop a fucking like forty five year old class, fucking yeah. burnout like jaded mad at the world Scott Summers on us with no context. Don't don't give us another James Marsden and Famke Jansen. Like no offense to those actors, but like don't give us that again. Yeah, I I mean I think I think they I think they know better now. Hopefully, um, I think it's going to be very interesting how they introduce the X Men. I you know there's a lot of theories that uh, Ant Man and Quantum Mania Loki season two is filming right now that they're going to kind of merge multi dimensions and they'll just exist with ours because they existed before. So, and we might have touched on this recently. I, I get a lot of this mixed up because, you know, brain. Uh, um, but one of the the interesting, but in a mostly bad and weird way, things that Marvel did when uh, the whole Inhuman saga was going on is the X-Men had gotten to the point where, like, Scott Summers was full-on villain. Like, Scott Summers was, like, the baddie of the, the, the Marvel Universe for a while, it seemed like. Uh, and they wanted to keep telling original X-Men stories. So they actually brought the original first class X-Men like from the sixties forward in time to modern time side by side with the existing ones. We know multiverses exist. We know time travel is a thing in this universe. Uh, and we know that that X-Men exists. So they could do something like that where they don't have to drop us into a, like, you know, your regularly scheduled program already in progress with X-Men. They can give us a like full start fresh reboot, but still like st- still say that they existed back in the 60s and you know bring them forward. We don't have to go back in time like first class did. Which I I do think the way that the first class re not reboots, but uh, re- whatever yeah jump other jump start whatever yeah. Whatever you want to call that that second round of of X-Men movies, um the first class uh, storyline. I, I I liked the way that they handled the passage of time with each of those movies. But I think you can just skip that. In like if if you want to say that they're they're like full like children of the atom like 60s superheroes. See, I don't think they cool. can do 60s though cuz that is now 70 years ago in the current time frame of of the MCU cuz we're in 2026 right, right now. Uh, so in, what, in MCU? Uh, essentially what they would have to do is just like they'd have to get pulled out of some other alternate timeline or alternate reality uh, where like the X-Men were forming in that time period. And but like suddenly they find themselves here and like, what do they do? They could do that. I'm not saying that yeah. I want them to, but they, I think they, they just could started do in the nineties. I think they just yeah. started in the nineties and insert other dimension smash dimensions together now they exist in 616 and everyone just knew they existed and call it a day you know and everything happened in the 90s actually there was a really good case of someone saying that instead of magneto being holocaust survivor that they could make him armenian and have him be part of the armenian genocide survivor instead i mean which would be awesome to see magneto as some pick a global conflict and you can you can tell that story like that's that's not difficult. You can you can set that in pretty much any time period in human history, and 
and, yeah, and if find I remember correctly, they, a, they yeah. have. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like, not I, to say that the, the Holocaust part was, you know, is anything else played, but like timeline wise, it wouldn't make sense because Magneto would be a hundred years old almost by the right. time he exists now. Like it just doesn't make sense for him to exist if yeah. he's a Holocaust. It has to be later. So while I say that they could do a thing with like time travel or dimensional displacement or whatnot, um, what I actually think that they should do is just like, okay, like the X gene is starting to appear uh, and like maybe Xavier has, has known about it for a while because he's like, he was maybe one of the first, but like now he's starting to sense others and starts to gather them up and forms his first totally. class of X-Men. I, I think, think that they can just idea. tell that story right here and now in the 2020s. I don't think they have to, to play with the time or multiverse or anything at all to do it. Uh, all of that said, I am really curious to see how, and I hope it's good because I, I do still love the X-Men. They, there's, it's one of the fucking corniest franchises I, X-Men in is my history, favorite. but I love it. I love it so much. Yeah. So what do you guys think? Is uh, is Miss Marvel going to be an inhuman or is she going to be immune? Uh, we want to hear from you. So if you're listening uh, to this on your podcast player of choice, all of our contact information is down below. Tweet at us. Let us know. Is, yeah. is Miss Marvel going to be an inhuman or do you think they're going to go the mutant route? And for those of you watching on YouTube, comment down below. Is she going to be inhuman or is she going to be a uh, a mutant? Where where are we going to go? Or is there a weird third option that we're not seeing? Uh, we we want to know. Let us know. Um, mm-hmm. So, hey, thanks a lot for listening, everyone. We super appreciate it. You know, stick around. Uh, you know, make sure to hit that subscribe button everywhere. We have brand new episodes all the time every Thursday and Sunday. Thursday drops on both uh, podcast players and YouTube. And Sunday is our brand new movie review uh, episodes over on our our, uh, on whatever podcast player you like to listen to people on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so definitely check it out and listen <laughs> to us. We super appreciate it. And as always, everyone, share with 100,000 of your closest friends. It's, you know, it's just a, a, like one phone call to the multiverse and you're done. It, it's that easy. Just, right, just dial up your, your multiversal group text and, and make it happen. Up, and beep boop <laughs> it out there. Beep boop it right out there. (laughs) All right. Thanks a lot for listening, everyone, and watching. We will see you next time. A father's tragic past, hidden in the adventures of a cartoon mouse. A cautionary tale on the dangers of temporal tourism. A woman searching for answers after the death of an old friend. This is the Storyteller series, a Night Shift Radio original. Every month, we bring a new short story to life in a full cast audio drama. We publish a second exclusive story to our online print edition, and we give you a glimpse behind the pages with our author interview series. Subscribe to the Storyteller series wherever you listen to podcasts, and visit nightshiftradio.com for more information. Mm-hmm.